So, hey guys, I'm Katie, and this is the Writability Podcast, and I'm here today with two guests as we talk about how to be a good online student and best practices for taking online classes, especially coming into this fall where everyone is now online students. So, Christina and Bryce are my guests. They're both English professors at COS, and yeah, I think we'll start with introductions. So, Christina, you want to start? You want to introduce yourself? Hello, everybody. So I'm Christina Lynch. I'm a professor of English at COS, but I think importantly for this conversation, I'm taking two classes at other institutions on Canvas this summer. So that's kind of how I'm going to talk to you guys today is not just as someone who builds and teaches online classes, and I've been doing that for seven years, but also as a fellow student. Right. And that's one of the reasons I wanted you in this conversation, because you have that student experience of being on the other side of online teaching. How about you, Bryce? So, yeah, I'm also a professor at COS. I think pertinent to this conversation. I was an online student in my undergraduate and in my graduate work, and I'm also currently taking classes for a master's degree in education with an emphasis in online teaching and learning through Cal State University East Bay, in addition to like a couple of classes and things that I'm taking as well here on campus at COS. The both students. I love this. My first question for you guys, other than introducing yourselves, but as we start talking about like best habits of online students, I want to know what your worst habits are. So do you have any terrible habits as online students? Bryce is nodding in the Zoom chat. So what, Bryce, what, what's your bad habit? Oh man. So I, I feel like like one of my worst habits or one of the things that is like really easy to fall into as a student, especially in a graduate class is like the modules for my classes open up every day on Mondays, right? And the first assignment or the first post for the discussion board is always due on Thursday. This is kind of like a common theme across a lot of different classes. I have the terrible habit of not checking until Thursday uh, what's due. So then I get there on Thursday and suddenly, oh no, there's 40 pages of reading and a three page response that's due in four hours. It's eight o'clock at night and I'm finally getting to check it. That is probably like something I really try hard not to do, but some weeks it just happens. And then it's really stressful to try to cram all of that into four hours when I should have had four days to do it. Mm, I feel like that's a common theme, Chris. <laughs> yeah, I have, I've definitely been Bryce and I was taking an online class last fall. Katie, you and I were in that together. And I was always like at the last possible second doing the work. But this summer I'm having a different experience that I think other students might have, which is... I'm trying to do my work during the week. And so I have my weekends free and I try, I'm trying to, to not be on tech on weekends. Ha ha ha. But uh, trying. But that means that I log in to these two classes that I'm taking on Mondays and Tuesdays. And I try to have all the work kind of done by the end of the day on Wednesday but that means that I, there's like one or two other people in the class who also do the work earlier in the week. And those are the only people I ever interact with because I never, once I've done what I need to do for the week, I never go back to the class. And I realized I'm now in week six for both of these classes that I've, I'm only interacting with two other people. in the class, So I'm not really getting the full benefit. Awesome. I don't know. I like those questions because we are not perfect online students. And I think that kind of like leads into my next question, which is, okay, so I'm going to actually talk about myself for a moment. 
When I was an undergrad, unlike Bryce, did not take any online classes because I knew for myself as a student that I wouldn't be successful. I knew that I liked the in-class experience. I liked having that community. I like being out of my house because it was not really a conducive place to work. I had a really hard time getting stuff done with because if I was home, my family was like, hey, do the dishes or whatever. Watch your sister. So I chose not to take any. I take some now. I My life is different, so I can. But what, what would you tell 20-year-old Katie if she was thrust into this everything is now online world? Okay, I've got one thing that I'll share and maybe Christina can jump in after. I think that one thing that would be really helpful for students is to like invest in a good laptop, which I know is maybe challenging because some of our students like, you know, putting a few hundred dollars down on a laptop might be kind of a stretch, but having something that is going to last is going to be sort of like have the tech that you need at least for the next three to four you know years as you're getting through like an associate's degree or a bachelor's degree. That way you have, you have access to your classes. And if you can't get the tech yourself, there's a lot of laptop loaner programs and things like that. Right. Yeah. I was going to mention that, that COS has laptop lending program and we are now lending for full semesters. If you can't afford it, like it is okay. You can still be successful. You can borrow one from COS. The other thing with that, there's a, I don't know if you guys have heard of College Buys. I think it's .com or .org. And it's a foundation that gives discounts on technology. I'll put it in the show notes. That is also a good place to buy that technology because it's at a discount for community college students in California. Yeah, definitely. I wanted to speak to to another part of what you said about yourself, Katie, which is like you really enjoy the classroom mm. experience. I think we're all missing that. And this fall is going to be tough. But I do think there's ways it's, it's not going to be the same as walking into a room, right? But I do think for, for online students, there are ways to build community. It takes a little bit more effort. I think one smart thing to do is to pay really close attention to the introductory. Almost every class that you'll take will have an introductions discussion board and just really read all those posts and maybe pick a couple people that you think you have something in common with, answer their posts. And you can also use the Canvas inbox to shoot them an email to just say like, hey, would you be interested in being part of an online study group for the class? Mm -hmm. And you might think about getting in touch with your professor the first week and asking if they would set up a discussion board or just kind of make that okay because some students who are new college students might be a little weirded out by getting an out of the blue, like random email from someone in their class. So I think it would be really helpful. And, and a lot of professors might not be on that wavelength and they might not think that way. So you might shoot your professor an email and say, hey, I really enjoy the classroom experience. And in light of COVID, can you send out an announcement, you know, just kind of paving the way for us to form study groups using the Canvas inbox? And maybe could you set up, you know, self-selected groups or something like that? Because the technology exists to form community, mm -hmm. but a lot of professors are so panicked about getting their classes online that they might not be thinking about the emotional component of the class, but we all know super important. Right. It's, it's such a huge part of school, that emotional component. So that was a great question. 
Thanks. I think the like proactiveness of what Chris was just describing is great too. Like if there's something that you know will help you be successful, I love when I get those emails from students being like, hey, can you just do this easy thing that'll make life better for us? Like I will do that thing. And I think a lot of the time that like having the confidence to do that takes a while, but especially for newer students, but just do it. Like as long as you approach it in a nice way, don't be like, you need to be doing this. Like we, yeah. we will be very receptive to that because we are, we're all learning, right? We're all trying to do this thing better. And for me, at least the what best way for me to improve things is to get that feedback from my students. And I think that kind of speaks to one other thing that's I think is important and I put near the top of my list for you, which is develop a relationship with the professor that first week or two. Even outside of the introductions discussion board, use that Canvas inbox, please. This is my big thing to you guys. Use that Canvas inbox to email your professor, introduce yourself, tell them a little bit about you and why you're taking the class, maybe why you pick them as a professor. That becomes your relationship Mm -hmm. with them. And then if you see a link that doesn't work, if you Mm -hmm. think about something, if you read an article that you think would be perfect to share with the class, then you're just, you know, you're just hitting reply. You are keeping that email thread going. And I find that the students who do that and that I have that relationship with, they are doing very well. Mm -hmm. They're not afraid of me. It's a relationship. It's just, it's a way to develop a relationship that's going to guarantee that they will succeed in the class. I had something else to add to that. Like, I think it's really important to like definitely contact the professor, especially because like, if you have a question or something that you're struggling with, like opening that chain of dialogue is, is really important early on in the semester so that you don't feel awkward in week six when you're like, oh, I'm not really sure how to do this new thing we're doing in class. You already have that, that line of communication established. So it's that especially early in the semester, setting up that like that email thread where like you just introduce yourself and the professor kind of sent like a cool, great, thank you email back. Like starting that dialogue is important. I was thinking about your question about like what else would I tell students who are being kind of thrust into the online ecosystem is that like in a regular semester, a lot of students would have like a blend of in-face and online classes and that would give them kind of some structure. But if everything's online, there's no like structure and routine. And that's something I've struggled with in my teaching even, but it doesn't matter when I grade, I can grade at two in the morning or two in the afternoon. Nothing matters anymore. <laughs> Nothing matters. Nothing, like, it doesn't matter when I do I feel things. like that's the COVID, <laughs> like, banner. <laughs> Nothing matters anymore. <laughs> Nothing matters anymore, absolutely. But I was thinking, like, dedicating time for your classes, like, scheduling it might be really important. So as the semester starts, as you're looking at those things, like, schedule time every week like okay Wednesday nights after I'm done with whatever I'm doing for the day I'm going to spend time from six o'clock until 10 o'clock working on my business communications class or you know and then like Friday mornings I've got some time so that's when I'll do my English homework or whatever but like schedule some dedicated time for each class in such a way that you're not going to miss deadlines because most classes should follow kind of a routine of deadlines like everything's due Thursday and then you know replies are due by Sunday and things like that. So figure out what that routine is and try to schedule time so that you have those things um, would be something else that I would advise students to do. 
And I would also encourage you to take that schedule and share it with the people you live with. My family did not, or at least it felt like to me that they didn't respect the time I needed to be working. So I think saying, hey, like I still have school. These are the times I'm working on it. It might be really helpful to like help everyone understand that you still need those blocks of time to do that work. Chris, do you have time management? I was going to just say completely agree with everything that you guys are saying I had a heartbreaker this past semester, a student who had been doing well before the shutdown and then wasn't. And I reached out to them and to check in. And what they said to me was, I am never alone. Mm -hmm. And I just, it just, I mean, I, I did, I cried because I really felt for them. And I'm really hoping that things are going better now. But, um, but I think that's a, what you said there and share that with your family and, and defend it tooth and claw if you have to um, and remind them, you know, why you're in college and that those can be hard conversations, but ultimately it's going to help you achieve your goals. How many hours do you guys think students should be blocking out in this way? Totally depends on the class, right? Right. I think it also maybe depends on student ability. Like I struggled with math, so I always had to put in double whatever my whatever my friends were putting in. But English always came naturally to me. So when they were struggling with the essays, I was like, oh yeah, I was done with that yesterday. So I think that's also something to factor in. Like it depends on the class, but I think it also depends on like how confident and how comfortable you feel with the subject. And I would say as part of our tips which is as soon as the module opens for that week, definitely look and see what's coming down the pike. Because if you need to do 150 pages of reading, like you cannot do that Sunday at 10 p.m. Yeah, Bryce. (laughs) No, no, you can't. (laughs) No, you cannot. Like, and it's really hard for the class that Katie, you and I are taking. A lot of that is scholarly stuff and you can't whip through it. Like you've got Mm -hmm. to slow down and take notes. So I have found this summer that doing exactly that, like on Mondays, I look at the modules, I read the announcements and that's been really helpful, but I have the luxury of it's summer and I'm not teaching. So I think adding that into your busy life is part of that, of that scheduling. But definitely If the module opens Sunday night on Monday morning, you want to see what you're planning for this week. And that also hints to like a theme I'm kind of seeing, which is like, I think there's a way in which you can rush through modules and get them half-assed done. Can I say that in my own podcast? Why not? Um, But like, if you actually want to learn and find meaning, that pacing helps. And like, you might be like, well, well, that takes more time to like learn and find meaning. But if you're not learning and finding meaning, then you're not going to want to do it. I find myself kind of falling into that habit with online classes sometimes where I'm just like, where are the assignments? How can I get these done as fast as possible? And then I'm like, wait, I'm taking this class not for units, just to be a better person. Like, why am I, why is this my like mindset? I need to care. So the other thing like related to the time management that I thought of is though, I know that students will have different experiences and different amounts of kind of privilege in this, but do you guys have a space that you do your online work or generally are there any like rituals you have to help you go through the work that you do? I know for myself, this not having any structure in my time has been driving, was driving me nuts through spring. 
Um, but now I like wake up and I sit outside and drink my coffee and work every morning. And then sometimes I'm in this room or sometimes I'm on the couch, but like, I'm trying to like make myself boundaries and make myself certain spaces where I work instead of just like everything is work and everything is home. So is there anything you guys do? Yeah, I was going to say, I feel pretty fortunate in this that I've spent a lot of my career as a freelance writer. If you don't have self-discipline, you're going to starve to death. So I, I am a huge believer in rituals. So I'm, I'm very fortunate right now that I have a dedicated home office. So I wake up, I feed the animals, I make my breakfast, I am in my chair, I work, I take a break for lunch. Like I am all about the ritual. And when my ritual gets disrupted, I become anxious. But it took a lot for me to realize, and this is something I share with students, that procrastination made me sick to my stomach. Um, It felt good like, ooh, wee, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. But I realized that I was never having that much fun if my work wasn't done. Sure, I could go and hike or shop or whatever, whatever the procrastinatory thing is, but I will enjoy that activity 500% more if I do it after I've done my work. So that's like 30 years of time management advice. If you get your work done first, you will genuinely enjoy yourself more. Bryce, you got any? Uh, I actually don't experience that. Like, not to like, I think Chris's point is really important, but like, I I, I have no problems. I lose no sleep <laughs> taking naps instead of doing work <laughs> and those kinds of things. But no, but no, I think you're, you're making a really good point. Yes. I feel like for me, I always pay for it later because I, I always feel like I'm not doing as good a job and I wish I had more time. Like when I do procrastinate, like I enjoy the time, sure, whatever. But then when it's time to actually sit down and do the work, I always feel guilty because I'm like, this could be way better. But as far as like, like spaces go, I think that like, I'm a big believer in the idea of like finding your own niche. I know that we're in COVID times. So going down to Starbucks and stuff and doing your, your work is, is really complicated right now because everything's closed and sad but I think within your own house it's important to find your niche like a place that you can study so part of that is trial and error and so like one of the things I do in my classes with my students is I ask them one week to like find your niche like find where you're going to be able to do work if that's like the busy kitchen because you need kind of the, the noise and space around you that's fine but if that's like back in your room quietly with nobody else around you and just headphones on with some music playing or something like that, that's fine too. Yeah, being com- becoming aware of that stuff's really good. Like I know personally I cannot work sitting on my bed because I will nap. I've also learned, which is something for students to probably think about, that I personally work better doing different kinds of things in different times. Like I read better in the morning and I write better at night. And when I learned that about myself, it was really sort of helpful. So I could schedule in a way that prioritized what I do well. Continuing this kind of conversation, one of the things that I know is problematic for me is having distractions when I'm learning on my laptop. I can end up on Reddit for an hour and be like, how did I get here? I was reading theory. Where, what, where did this come from? 
Now I'm looking at pictures of puppies and yeah. pizza dough recipes. <laughs> exactly. Look at these recipe gifts. Like, look, this person texted me. Let me have a full conversation. Um, do you guys have any strategies to mitigate that? I mean, in a classroom, you know, my focus is on the instructor. But when I'm at home and I have this whole world in front of me, it's much harder. Any Anything that you think students should do? Anything you guys do? Don't be mad at yourself when it happens. Like, that's my day. I wish I had wisdom. It's just, oh, I feel like five years from now, will we have a solution to that problem? I don't know. Bryce, do you have anything? I know that my wife uses a bunch of time management browser lockdown things that'll like limit, you can like set limits for like how many minutes you can have on Facebook and things like that, which is, has been really helpful to her. And like, you might think that like, oh, well, if I run out of minutes, I'll just go into the settings and give myself more. <laughs> but you actually, you for some of them, you can't. Like, it'll say like, oh, okay, cool. You can have more minutes tomorrow. For today, you're still done. And I think one of them she uses has like a nuclear option where it like, it shuts down everything that she has listed as like, this is a site that I waste my time on. So that's, I think, maybe something to maybe consider as well. And they're all like free. I love that. Something did occur to me, which sort of ties into something you were saying earlier, Katie, is... If you can somehow convince yourself to get emotionally attached to your coursework, it it sounds weird, like emotionally attached. I'm falling in love with my coursework. But I do think like taking pride in something that you're writing or completing a set of math equations, like giving it an emotional tie for yourself will help you stay focused and fight off those distractions. I mean, I do find. If I'm working on a chapter of my book, I am way more likely to ignore if my phone beeps, ignore if my email dings, than if I am working on something that I'm thinking like, uh, I don't really care about this. There's actually a couple things I do that also help. One is a lot of the times when my body's like, I'm going to be on Reddit for six hours, I actually just need a break from the work I'm doing. Like it's my brain being like, oh, maybe stop and take a five minute walk and eat a snack. And if I like take that time to do that, I'll come back refreshed. So I think that's also a good reminder is like, why are you getting distracted? How are you feeling? And if you're not feeling okay, fix it. I agree with you. One of the things I tell my students is that is dependent on you starting early. If you start at 10 o'clock at night on Sunday, there's no time for breaks. Yeah. But if you start on Friday instead, like you have time to say, well, I'll work on it Friday afternoon. I'll come back Saturday morning and I'll finish up whatever I did. Yeah. I know you guys had lists. Is there anything that you guys are like, oh, we must talk about? I can sort of quickly, mine is don't assume everything is going to be perfect in the class. Mm-hmm. Most students have never been on the on the teacher side of it but believe me in any class there's thousands of links dates directions so don't assume everything's going to be perfect and that first week click on everything so that you get really comfortable with how canvas is organized it is not really for me it's not intuitive or logical and it's part of why I disable a whole bunch of stuff in my classes. Which some instructors might do, and sometimes you might just click on things. Yeah. That actually connects to one of my other things here, which is like every single instructor is going to set up Canvas differently. How do I navigate having so many Canvas classes with different due dates? The, the calendar app on Canvas is actually pretty intuitive in that like, it'll plug in all your dates and deadlines for you. 
before that, I used to have to like, kind of like write it all down in a planner or do like a Google calendar, which I still do to some degree, but like, it is nice if you're, if your instructor is using Canvas. If, if they use that feature. Yes. That's the caveat. Make sure your instructors are using that feature because I know of people in English who do not put dates in. I don't know. Chris, do you have any answers to that question? If instructors are not syncing it to the Canvas calendar, then definitely you're going to have to use a, use a Google calendar or some kind of calendar system. I know a lot of my students also set up reminders and I've had to do this actually uh, during this COVID time is like, I used to be fine remembering I had a meeting that I needed to walk to later in the afternoon. And now I completely forget sometimes. Um, and all of you are shaking your head like, yes. yes. And I have to start leaving myself like reminders, like Katie, remember you have a webinar you're going to at four. I set alarms on my phone for five minutes before these Zoom meetings every time because I completely forget about them. Mm. I think the Canvas notifications is kind of an important thing to talk about. I know it's probably in everybody's syllabus, but you do want to set your notifications, but you don't overset them either. I had a student say like, oh my God, I get a notification every second and I said, well, what are you getting notifications about? And he said, every time someone posts on a discussion board, I was like, <gasps> I had a student because of that. She set it all up to just go to spam. And so she never got any because she was so annoyed by all of those oh, that she no. was just like, I don't want to see any of these, which I, I would understand if I got some notification every time anyone posted on a discussion board, I would lose my mind. <laughs> I would too. I would too. So I think it's, it's about, you know, Canvas has options for daily, weekly, never, and depends on what the thing is. But, you know, really take a look at what those notifications are and set them for in a way that works. I feel like I have my you. inbox and my announcements immediately. And then everything else that I might want to see yeah. is a summary at the end of the day. Another thing I wanted to ask is like, this is kind of backtracking, but Chris, you talked about sending in a professor email in the beginning. Most of us should be, I'm assuming, also off offering like Zoom office hours. Um, mm -hmm. Is that another thing students should go to? Do you, can you go introduce yourself in those? Like how, how do you think those should work? Absolutely. And one thing I realized, like I, I was teaching online a lot pre-COVID and Zoom just kind of came into my, my frame of knowledge in January when the community college system kind of made it available to all of us. And I think it's a great addition to online classes. And I would really, really encourage students to, to use it. it. It can feel intimidating. Um, you might feel weird about where you are. I've had students with kids, you know, constantly interrupting them. That's okay. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be afraid. We are all at home and dealing with this together. And I found that the students who did join me for Zoom sessions, who came to Zoom office hours, are the ones who succeeded. Mm -hmm. But we figured out together how to make it work. And I think that's part of it is, is using those Zoom sessions to develop the relationship with the professor and really letting go of that high school idea of the teacher as kind of disciplinarian gatekeeper, like let that go. Your college professor is your coach mm -hmm. who is really like helping you 
to get the work done so that you can get where you want to go in life. We do this job because we love it and we want to help you. And sometimes it takes a few weeks for students to like, oh, wait, you really are nice. You really do care about me trying to get this work done. It's like, no, really, I do. And this is nothing against high school teachers because there's wonderful high school teachers. But we all know, like, you're obligated, students are obligated to be there and you're not obligated to be in college. And I think that changes everything. Mm -hmm. I think that also, like, we're fighting against the stereotype in the media that college professors are these, like, snooty, pompous old people. (laughs) And we're we're just not. We're normal. Yeah, exactly. Um, Like, don't get me wrong. There are snooty, pompous college instructors out there, but, like, at a community college, I don't know how likely you're fi- you, are, you are to find some of them. We're normal human beings. We don't sleep in coffins under the current building or anything like that. Uh, that's always what I tell students. <laughs> yeah, no. And I think, too, if, like, you're anxious about just jumping into a Zoom meeting, A, you can leave your camera off. Oh, absolutely. And B, like, for me, I have not just jumped into one's zoom meetings without emailing them first at this point like i know a lot of instructors might have it set up like zoom is open between these hours email your professor first and be like i'm coming at 8 30 if that makes you feel better my last question on my list was just like i know a lot of students are like anxious about posting publicly that is really scary at first is do you have any like quick words of advice if students are like paralyzed by the idea of other people seeing the stuff they're posting maybe this is a teachery thing, but like having a good conversation in the earlier in the semester about netiquette and stuff is important. Just so that everybody kind of knows, like these are the things that we expect when we post and like you are, you have academic freedom in college to kind of like express yourself. So that might be something to reach out to your teacher about is like, you know, like are there guidelines? If it's not in the syllabus already or somewhere on in the Canvas shell. I think that's great. I would hope that everybody would kind of set netiquette and have some guidelines for posting, but if they don't, definitely something to remind them. And I'd say always the first week in my classes that sharing your writing with someone is like taking your clothes off in front of them. It's, you are, you feel so, sometimes it's worse, right? Yeah. <laughs> it feels so vulnerable, but just to, like everybody has to do it. In the class, everybody has to do it. Everybody has the shared goal of getting more comfortable with their writing. And the way you do that is by being read and reading other people's work. So as a student, you you have to take that leap of faith and be vulnerable and really know that every single student in the class is feeling that way. I'm, I'm taking a, a novel class um, and I, I am a professional novelist, which I have not revealed in the class. Um, and I'm anxious. I'm getting workshop this weekend. I'm anxious about it. I've published four novels and I am anxious and just know that that feeling never goes away. It's just, it's a, it's a discomfort that you learn to live with. This is, this is an act that will, is part of personal growth. And that discomfort means that I'm growing. I keep listening to podcasts where they have one last question to like end it on a happy note. And so I'm going to try that today. And my question for you both is what are you learning right now? So anyone learning anything? <laughs> We're all in classes. So I'm totally learning how hard canvas is <laughs> to navigate 
and mm-hmm. that I, I can't make it a hundred percent easy for students, but I think I can let them know that if, if something seems difficult to please reach out to me. And I'm learning a lot right now about actually about workshops. Um, I kind of chose that as like a project for one of my classes. And so like, I'm learning a lot about sort of like the sort of like design and like, I'm reading a lot of like scholarship and things like that. It's really making me think about like the design of like a discussion board where I set up norms and how I conduct workshops. um, What are some things that I do in terms of instructing students for feedback? So that's something I'm really focusing on right now. For a podcast episode. We're, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, we're gonna do I'm it. Down. Peer review Absolutely. episode. Okay, awesome. I did that for one of my sure. eval things, so we can we can chat. Probably not as in depth with you. Okay. Yes. Um, anyway, Bryce, listening to our first episode, told me I needed to thank people at the end, which I had been neglecting to do. So thank you, Bryce, for that feedback. Here it goes. Um, <laughs> thank you, Bryce and Christina, for your time today. Um, I really appreciate it. And then also, if you need to contact any of us, you can find our email addresses. It's on the school website, Bryce Nakamura. Christina Lynch, and there'll be other stuff in the show notes. So thank you all. Thanks, guys. Thank Thank you. you.